there's some woman out there who is not enough. And she just is so buried deep under her, not enough that she's never seen something else. And then when she stumbles upon like this tiny thread of a story, even if her experience is a billion times different than the story she's hearing, that commonality of I'm not enough is enough to just unravel her a little bit and think maybe, maybe it's different than I think. And so then she looks into somebody else's story and that's why women being vulnerable and sharing their experiences, it it just is so important. What's up, Style Nation? It's your girl Katie here. I'm so, so pumped to be back in the office recording this episode with you guys. Another gem on the Styled for Life podcast. You guys know my goal with this podcast is to bring you weekly inspiration by sharing the stories and the things that are working for me and my clients in my life around body confidence, mental wellness, and of course, all of the style solutions. I'm super excited to be here. I feel like this is the trifecta of self-care, which sounds so trite (laughs) these days, but the emotional well-being, the mental well-being, and of course, the physical coming in, like getting into our bodies through our clothes and experiencing ourselves in different ways. So I'm super, super excited to be here. This is how we reclaim our lives and our style with one amazing habit at a time. So I am pumped and honored to bring you another episode that hopefully does just that. If you've been following along closely, you know, I'm back from my second um, little trip. Somehow I booked these two trips back to back in August, right before the kids go back to school and they couldn't have been more different. So some of you have probably been chatting along with me on Instagram about the infamous river trip that I came back from with my daughter and I went whitewater rafting and it has been a hoot. And if you know me, (laughs) you know that that was the way out of my comfort zone. So before we dig into today's episode, I just want to say shout out to my husband or not shout out to him. This is the reminder to People in your life that you care about, when they come to you with a bad idea, sometimes they need to be saved from themselves. So this is the reminder to my husband, my friends, your husband, your friends, your wives, your partners. When we come to you with bad ideas, sometimes we need you to say, you know what, that's just not a good idea. I just don't really think you're going to enjoy that. Sometimes we just need someone to give us our own advice, right? Really easy to give it, kind of hard to take it. So... All jokes aside, it was an amazing time with my daughter. It truly, truly was an experience. And it was one of the lessons I continue to learn in life is that you can feel two emotions at one time. You can be radically uncomfortable out of your comfort zone and be excited and in awe of such beautiful surroundings and be creating amazing, amazing memories and be fully present (laughs) with your children, which for me is a big, big goal of mine all the time. So I couldn't let today's episode go without 
sharing that story as I'm continuing to process it <laughs> and integrate back into normal life. So I'm super, super back. I'm excited to be back in the office. I'm so excited to be recording. I'm so excited to be here with you guys to share some major fucking inspo. Um, if you want a full like bonus episode on this trip, <laughs> shoot me a message and I will give it to you personally. So, so funny. I've had so many DMs and so many reach outs and it's been so fun. So thank you for entertaining me. Um, with this little piece slice of life that I have going on. But back to business. I couldn't be more excited. We're just weeks away from September, which another contrast. I hate cold weather. I hate the, I don't want to say the fall. I hate the winter. And I don't actually hate the winter. One, I just don't like being cold. Two, I really don't like the shortened days. That's really, really my issue. I don't like the darkness. I don't like the darkness. Mostly because I think I don't like to slow down. And while I know that's my work to do, the shortened days, like, they just, like, mm, I'm learning how to process that. So if you have really good hot tips on that, let me know. But today's guest definitely has inspired me and given me and shared some really fun solutions in here that I'm excited to implement in my life that I know will carry me through these times of contrast and these different seasons as we head into, like I said, I don't love the fall in the winter. I'm really a summer baby at heart through and fucking through. But one thing I absolutely love more than anything is the energy of September. To me, September is one of the most magical months. I don't know if it's a portal month timeline. I have no fucking idea. Like we all have our own feelings about this, but I love September. I think it brings just the best fresh energy. It really, and if you have any insight into this, please shoot me a message. It really, to me, is the real new year. So I'm very excited about that. It's the true natural new year. For me, it's not the fabricated, like, hallmark version of the things that I should be doing new year that is the calendar year. So I'm really, really excited for September. So we're weeks away from our September monthly roundup, which is going to be super juicy. I've already been thinking about it. I already have some really fun things that I'm, A, implementing in the business. So stay tuned. Lots of fun, new, juicy ways to work with me. Things coming from the podcast. Ideas around body confidence and style solutions that I think you guys are going to love because you helped me create them by answering all my questions and letting me get feedback for all my amazing little guinea pigs who I'm always like, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? Do you mind? Super, super appreciative. So get ready for some really big fall energy coming soon. Let me know if you feel the same way. Do you feel the same way around September? Do you feel like things are magical? One, schedules come back and I love a good schedule, right? Kids are back in school. We get all the schedules, things like that. I love that so much. But again, it's just this harvest, I guess, right? Like we get to harvest all the hard work we've been putting in, all the big goat energy that we've had all summer. So I'm really, really excited. But what I'm most excited about for today is today's episode, who it's with, and what today's date signifies. So if you're listening to this podcast as we record it, and even if you're not, it doesn't matter because... The energy is here. It's palpable. You can feel it no matter what. But if you are listening to this podcast today 
on August 22nd, 2022, 822222, or how many ever twos, it is my dear, dear friend Mae Wagner's launch of her brand new fucking book. And it just so happened that I launched my podcast on Monday and she's launching her new book that's out and available wherever you buy books today, Girls, Assassins, and Other Bad Ideas, which was ringing a little true to my heart. Sometimes, you know, we have to be saved from our bad ideas. But the book is out today. It's really a memoir of her life. Oh, I have the chills. I had chills the whole time I was recording this episode with her. It's really just like a memoir of her life and her story and her healing journey and how she's gotten here. She's a podcaster. She's a mentor. She's a repeat author. She's launching this new book. This is the book that she's always wanted to write. And it's super powerful. Like I said, my girl May has been through a lot, and through this book, she shares, and it's really inspirational to see someone on the other side of these stories. She'll share in here. I don't want to give away any of the nuggets, but she shares in here the journey and then t- talks about how she's arrived where she's at now, knowing that there's always work to do, knowing that it's a constant journey, but she really, really breaks it down and just, just lets you in on how simple it can be if you're committed to this journey. And if it's really around building those daily habits of making yourself feel good, to improving your self-worth, to improving your self-image, to working on your self-value and how they're all connected and why those are the keys of life, your self-worth. She shares 10-minute solutions, 10-minute solutions to get you on building that muscle, that habit that's gonna get you where you wanna go. I think you'll be surprised by today's episode. Like I said, I had the chills repeatedly. I think I almost cried twice when we were recording it. And there's a little bit of a backstory here as well. May is one of the, is the first woman that I connected. My first podcast sisters, when I was launching my podcast, I had lots of support from lots of women of communities I was already in. And she was the first woman to reach out to me in a podcast community to cheer me on, to share my episode, to welcome me to the journey of podcasting, which has absolutely changed my life. I'm fucking getting choked up right now. (laughs) This absolutely changed my life. And really was the beginning of my own healing journey. I started my podcast way before I started my business, way before I remembered who I was. But it was just by showing up every single week, radically uncomfortable. And just being vulnerable enough to suck, which I am not doing good with right now in my life. And I'm holding a lot of space for that version of myself who was brave and authentic enough to show up and do that every week to get to where I am now. So... This woman holds an amazing, special spot in my heart, and I'm trying not to cry. (laughs) And it is my honor to bring her on the podcast today for the launch of her brand new memoir and book, Girls, Assassins, and Other Bad Ideas, that is out today wherever you buy books, download books, enjoy books, run don't walk to get this book. May is going to change your life. So enjoy today's episode and I will see you on the other side. Share your aha moments. Tag us on Instagram. 
Let us know what you liked, what you got out of this. You can tag me at Katie Allen Stylus, and I will put all of May's information in the show notes so you can tag her as well. So Style Nation, thank you for being here. Thanks for being on this journey. And like I said, I will see you on the other side. Oh my God, today's guest is one that's super near and dear to my heart. And I'm so excited to bring you my first ever podcast friend, (laughs) May Wagner, podcaster, mentor, and author of Girls, Assassins, and Other Bad Ideas. I have the chills when I just said that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I adore you. And so it's always fun to hang out with you. Oh my God. I love hanging out with you. I was thinking about you this morning and I was like, I can't believe that you've never been on my show. And I I think just because I was always on yours and we were always connecting. So it felt like we were always connected. And then I was like, oh my God, of course, let's come on the show. (laughs) May is launching a brand new book and I want to dig into that today, but real quick, before we dive into you and your story, I just want to tell everybody when I launched Just Realized, which now has grown into Styled for Life back in 2009, I don't even know where we met, but you were like one of the first podcasters that reached out and was like, oh my God, congratulations on launching your show. And you're just such a genuine heart-led person that it was just like instant from there. And I was like, oh my God, are these the kind of women that podcast? Like, I'm so glad I decided to start a podcast and I I feel like I'm tearing up just telling the story, (laughs) but I would never forget where I was the day I launched it. I remember sitting with my husband at a restaurant that we go to a lot lot that we like to like celebrate and stuff and just like watching people send me messages or download it. And when I say watching people, I'm talking about like the 20 downloads, (laughs) but it was such a big deal to me. And just, I remember you sent me a message that day and I was like, oh my God, my whole life is about to change. Oh, I love that so much. I think that not just within like the podcasting circle, but just social media, as much as it comes with so many problems really has been the awesome key to finding like really great people that your spirit aligns with, right. That just travel the same path. Like you said, heart led the same heart led path. And I am so grateful for that. Literally every day people with the cliche, wake up and think about things you're grateful for. That is one of the things that comes up every day. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect with women like you, because prior to this great social media key, like a lot of us really lived in competition of women. And now we realize like, no, our people are out there and we are insanely powerful when we're together and when we connect it's pure magic and that's awesome so I'm super grateful for you for that oh such a key point and just something I don't think I even talk about on the show enough is especially like our generation right we grew up with the competition and like other women are absolutely your competition and I mean I felt that up until I'd be even embarrassed to tell you how recently, but the moment that I stepped out on my own and was doing things with myself and then remembered that I wanted to get back into fashion was a moment that I knew that that was real for me is that other stylists and other podcasters never made me feel that way. They always made me feel welcome. They were the number one people to say, here is what I do. 
here ask me any question like so many amazing women that like didn't even know me that we just knew through like little connections would just be like what do you want to know like just let me help you because someone helped them and like it was just this game of like how can we pay it forward so thanks for noting that that's such a big deal yeah I love that that's been your experience because we are especially our generation not so much now but then like we were being raised to believe like we were taught even sub subconsciously taught like, or subtly taught that women are not your friend. Mm-hmm. Be friends with guys because women are out to stab you in the back and they're dramatic and all of the terrible things that we then believe about ourselves because we're women. Yeah. And it just, yeah. Ugh. I'm glad that we're out of that and that yes. we don't believe that anymore, but it's hard because we were raised that way. And like our early life is foundationally built that way. So I'm not surprised that it is something you've struggled with up until recently, because it's such a part of who, how we learn to believe about one another. Yes. I'm going to say one cliche thing. And then I want to talk about you. Sure. <laughs> my favorite, uh, not my favorite. I'm joking. That's sarcasm. If it didn't come through clearly, my favorite thing is remember when we used to be like, I don't know. I just like get along with guys better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, you don't. <laughs> You've just never met the right group of women or we just aren't having the right conversations. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so amazing. Um, I just have the chills. This is why I freaking love podcasting. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's talk about you, how amazing you are. Tell us, I hate when people say, tell me your story. It's like, where do I start? But you have a brand new book coming out. I really want to dig into this. There's so much juicy stuff. It's really personal. It's very vulnerable. So I want to start with your story. And then I want you to just share your, like, how did you come to this space? And how did you know you were ready to tell these stories? Um, sure. It's so funny. I was like seven years old and sitting in my floor with like surrounded by board books, like many seven-year-olds are. And I just knew in my core, like I'm going to grow up and write things that help people. I was Mm -hmm. seven years old. I had no idea what the fuck that meant. Like, what am I going to help people do? Like, you know, it was so just bigger than than I was, but I knew that that's what was going to happen. And so for a long time, that was like a hard thing to know because you're 15, 16, 17, and people were like, Oh, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to write books to help people. But I still didn't know what that meant. I'm like out on my own at 17 with my little typewriter writing out my life story because in like the most boring asinine way ever, because a I'm 17 and (laughs) you like, not ready for that yet. But I remember my husband and I, like we um, met and I got kicked out of college. And so we're like living in this woman's basement and she'd get so annoyed. She was a, a retired school teacher and she'd be like, that girl is down there on her typewriter all the time. What does she even have to write about? But I was just convinced, like, I have to write this story. And now I'm 46 and I look back and I'm like, I've been writing this story, whether I was typing it out or just like living it out, ready to be written for decades. Mm. And now it's, now it's time. And I can look back and laugh at that girl, but also I'm really grateful that she stayed focused enough to know that like, okay, this is where I'm headed. I don't know when or how or where, but this is, this is what's going to happen. And then when it was time, it all just fell into place and here we are. And I am just from that, such an advocate for story. Like we all have, we all have our things. And, um, one thing I want to get back to in a little bit is I, I love your journey as a stylist. And I feel like 
there's something about my experience dealing with trauma and my um, mentorship career working with women who are navigating trauma and style. There is something that goes so hand in hand in regards to healing from those traumas with that. So I, I really feel like this is a good, we have such a great connection, right? And it's just organically taking us through things. Um, but the story of my book is essentially, I thought for a long time, I was going to write this story about being sexually abused as a child. And I really was like, this is, this is the story. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to write about. But it ended up becoming a story about my mom. Mm -hmm. And it's very much that key point is in there, but it's very much just about motherhood in general, my relationship with my very mentally ill mother. And then that transitioning into my relationship with myself, trying to be a mom and navigating infertility and adoption and just all the junk that comes with years and years and years of stored trauma and how to, how to get through that. And, you know, spoiler alert, it's by connecting with people who are light and finding those people like that, that is the best that's like my life story. I think is if I never express anything else, it's find the people who are light. And in order to do that, you have to bear yourself raw. Mm -hmm. You just have to be vulnerable or you're never, you're not open enough to let the light in. You're never going to find it because you're so busy hiding behind the shell. So that, that really is, yeah, the, the entire thesis of the book. Wow. I'm speechless and I have so many questions at the same time. <laughs> um, I can't even imagine telling those stories, but I, I have this one memory right when I launched my podcast and I'd love to know if, if you've experienced this on your podcast and we can talk about like when you launched that and I'm sure that plays somewhat of a role in getting to this point in the story is I remember I launched my podcast and I remember laying in my bed, literally like, shaking sounds kind of weird i say it's a spiritual experience i don't know if it was my nervous system freaking out but the vulnerability hangover that i had just from putting my voice out there just from saying like hey i've learned these new things and they're blowing my mind and i want to share them with you how have you navigated getting so raw and getting down to things that are that traumatizing and just that personal and sharing them. I know like we can say, oh, I want to help other people for sure. But I know there's a lot of work that you had to do before you can even get to that part. Cause really you have to help yourself first. For sure. And I think that like back to cliched statements, right. Um, we, and then I forgot the cliched statement. So that's fantastic. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, but we, um, it's a muscle, right? And so, but you don't realize that right away. And so like the first time you step into a room or step into a group or open up in a conversation and you're vulnerable and then you're in your head, like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is terrible. I'm going to crawl in a hole and die. We, um, it's that first time, like going for that first run or going to the gym for that first time. And then you're miserable afterwards, but then you go back. And then the next time you're vulnerable, it may suck just as bad. It's a little bit easier. And I feel like that was so long ago for me. 
Oh, the, yeah. My cliche statement I remember is uh, people ask me anything. I'm an open book, right? And when I really embraced that persona, I really had reached this point organically where I just didn't mind talking about anything anymore. And I didn't feel stupid or ashamed or embarrassed or anything. And I'm not sure how I navigated through all of it. I just remember being the girl who was so paralyzed by fear and shame and then just not anymore. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was like this, this subconscious switch in my brain that was like enough. Here Mm -hmm. we are. Or if it was just this process that I went through without realizing I was, I was through it, but I just, something at some point clicked and I realized like, okay, this is where the magic is. When we are 100% ourselves, even if ourselves look like a gigantic fucking idiot, (laughs) we are ourselves and that's where the magic is. And that's how you meet the real people. And that's why whenever I start working with a client and she'll say, you know, oh, I only have like surface level friendships. Like, okay, that's not their problem. That's your problem. And we're going to work on that because maybe those aren't your people and they'll only ever be available surface level, but we all have the ability to go deeper. It's just really hard and it's terrifying and then it's worth it. And once we realize it's worth it, it's like a muscle and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And there comes a day when you just don't care anymore. You it just, it is not even like a thought or a concern. Like, will I look stupid? Will they think I sound like an idiot? No, you what? I probably do. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I just don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't care anymore. And I don't, I wish there was like a magic thing other than just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think it's just like a muscle and you're just going to keep showing up every single day. What in writing this book and going through this process, what do you think is the number one thing that you learned? Well, well, I have so many did you learns, but let's start. I want to touch on the motherhood piece of it because I feel like there, if I had to guess, every woman that I serve, all of my clients are mothers. And going back to the style piece, um, that's a big part of it. There's just it's that our bodies go so deep into this. Um, when we talk about that. But I want to know, what did you learn about yourself when you're writing this book? And then I would love to have then transition that into like motherhood. And what were those radical ideas around motherhood that came up that you were like, fuck, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I think that for me, they both go hand in hand. I think that for the first, I don't know, 25 years of my life, I didn't know how to function without being a daughter. And my world revolved around my mother in a very unhealthy way. Um, she was not, she passed away last year and, you know, God rest her soul, but she was not a good mom. And those, those like wounds and traumas repeated themselves cyclically in my complete obsession with her. And for a long time, my need to become a mother um, was so wrapped up into that. She would, especially I had, um, several miscarriages and as I would go through that, she had no problem. Cause she was to me, like my light, my, my son, like everything revolved around her. I was so close and macro focused on just being enough for my mom finally, which never happened, but being enough for my mom that, um, I didn't, it didn't 
seem concerning to me when her grief expressed during my miscarriage was, when am I ever going to be a grandmother? It was not for me. And so this was something that I really wanted to do for her, Mm. but also I wanted to do for me too, because so many women become mothers because they're looking for love, which is not the best way to become a mother, but right. That kid's going to love you unconditionally forever, which is just a crock. But, um, and so that, that just transitioned over to my obsession to become a mother. And I think that I did not start to unpack and process any of that until like 2015. So just years and years and years of transferring trauma from my mother to what it was like to deal with miscarriages to what it was like to deal with a hysterectomy at 24 due to like stages of uterine cancer. And then just transitioning that into, okay, I'm going to adopt. I'm going to be a mother. And just this clear focused trauma, 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 trauma. And one thing that people don't talk about is being an adopted parent of early childhood trauma kids is more trauma. Like you are just, it's more trauma. It's, it's trauma. And so it it really took what felt like a lifetime to get to the point where I started unpacking and looking for me, where am I outside of this like mother need, whether it was for my own mother to love me or for myself to be a mother. Like it all was just this gigantic ball of misery and not acceptance wrapped up in, in itself. Where do you feel like you're at today in that journey? I am, it's, it sounds ridiculous. I'm amazing. I just, yeah, like I have healed through so much and unpacked and processed so many things and just really realized that I am able to release that stuff. Like this desire to be enough for my mother, I was enough her. She just wasn't enough. She couldn't accept it. She had her own, her own things she had to work through and, um, realizing that like, not just hearing it and knowing it, but actually realizing that and embracing it was such a freeing experience. And the same thing as being, you know, um, as women were, we're told our bodies, our bodies were made to bear babies. And yeah. so when you can't do that, and you're already like a broken, traumatized person, then that's just more of, I'm not enough. I really suck. I'm a horrible waste of life. And then when you're in a partner relationship and your partner is wanting to be a parent, mm. then it's the, there's that same, like, I'm not enough for them. I, you know, and so it's just the same issue that just rolls and rolls and rolls and wraps around like a gigantic, miserable burrito. And as an adoptive mom, it was very much the same. Like, in our experience and not every experience is the same, but a lot of them are, there was just so much trauma that love isn't, love literally isn't enough. And they tell you adopt foster kids, love is enough. All they need is love. And it's so much more complicated than that. And so then it just factored into, I'm not enough as a mother. I'm not enough. And the unraveling of all of those misconceptions happened at once and it was miserable and terrible. And I, took like a billion pills and sat in my bathtub and was ready to die. And then I didn't die. I woke up to like vomit everywhere and realized like, okay, this, this isn't, this isn't it. I don't really want to be dead. I just want to be different. 
Mm. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it feels like everyone around me doesn't love me enough to want me to be better. But at the end of the day, that's my problem. I did that. I showed up for them and I pushed myself on them and I gave everything to love them in the way that I did. And it, it established patterns and that's on me and I have to deal with that. And now it's time to start having boundaries and focusing on myself. And a lot of people didn't like that and that's okay. And now like I am a boundary queen, as I love to say, and I don't need anyone else to find me enough or whatever. I, yeah, I, it's not arrogance, even though we think it is, it's not arrogance to be like, I'm enough and I deserve things, but more than deserving love, I deserve to love myself. Mm. And that is the magic that enables everything else. I, this is literally the second time I'm choked up <laughs> talking to you and it's been like 30 minutes. You must be such an amazing mentor and coach for your clients because I can literally just feel your energy. Like, as you say this, I literally feel like I'm being healed myself just by you talking. So when you're talking about like miscarriage and your body's made to make kids, like when I've miscarried at 26 and then just recently at 41 and that and that's two totally different katie's two totally different situations and um it is it's like that i literally when i was hearing you talk i was like fuck since we accidentally got pregnant last summer this august is coming up on a year of that i don't think i've been the same person in just this week i was feeling like Katie, why the fuck can't you just move past this? And my not enoughness has just been ringing in my ears like over and over and over. And then like as a service provider, I feel like I bump up against that a lot. And you and I jokingly have had that conversation around like gold stars. (laughs) Like here's your gold star. Uh, You're getting your gold star for today. And it's like, I really have, feel like I'm coming to this reckoning of myself this summer with, where is my not enough and I am enough and boundaries like boundaries has been the one word like on repeat for me over and over and everyone coming to my life right now is testing those boundaries over and over um so there's so much good stuff that you just said there um to really get into but I think the one universal thing and I'm curious if you agree no matter where the trauma is big T, little T, whatever that is for you, the not enoughness, because your story is your story. Um, and that not enoughness, like feels like it constantly creeps up in the women that you see and like in your own experience. Do you think that to me, I feel like that's the core of it all. It's the self-worth. Mm-hmm. It is. And I, I think like we could talk for 10 hours, like dissecting the patriarchy <laughs> and like, you know, all of that. But I, I really think that in those same subtle ways that we're taught as little girls, um, you know, you girls are not your friends. You are also taught that you aren't enough and it, it just, you're not, you're not enough. And when you grow into that and you see it portrayed like in movies and books and TV and other people, especially as women, like we really feel that way. And so if we don't do all the things, the gigantic list placed in front of us that we have to do, have babies, be skinny, 
have a great body, be pretty, be desired by men. We don't want men to cat call us, but also we want to be the girl that men cat call. Like all of those things we're taught, this is this is this gigantic contradiction of things that you are supposed to be. And there's no way you can be all of them, but you're supposed to. And if not, then you're not enough and we reject you. And I think that it doesn't matter like that in and of itself is trauma. Mm-hmm. And just being a woman in the Western world is trauma. And then when you factor in like the life stuff that happens and just statistically just with sexual assault and child and sexual abuse, it's ridiculous. And that, you know, leaves internal scars and packs more on and more on and more on. That's the thing that I think is so incredible about us being vulnerable and telling our stories is there's some woman out there who is not enough. And she just is so buried deep under her, not enough that she's never seen something else. And then when she stumbles upon like this tiny thread of a story, even if her experience is a billion times different than the story she's hearing, that commonality of I'm not enough is enough to just unravel her a little bit and think maybe, maybe it's different than I think. And so then she looks into somebody else's story. And that's why women being vulnerable and sharing their experiences, it, it just is so important. It's great to surround yourself with people who understand your pain and understand your trauma. But at the end of the day, trauma, insecurity, all those things, they're universal. Mm-hmm. We've all dealt with them in different ways and it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have, like no details have to be the same because that's the amazing thing about the language of women. Whatever we've been through at our core, we can relate to those things. Mm. That's so powerful. I love that so much. And I believe us just having this conversation is enough. But if someone is listening right now and they're driving in the car and they're hitting the steering wheel thinking, fuck, that's it. (laughs) I'm not enough. (laughs) Because that would be me. (laughs) Where's my gold star for the day? What is like, do you have a go-to exercise, simple mindset shift, tip, ritual, whatever that word is that you'd like to call it, that when you start working with a client or anyone, a friend that you like to share, like it's building the muscle. So like, what if you just do this one thing? Like, is there just something that you found universally that's simple that you like to share with people that helps them at least slightly shift out of that or begin the journey of shifting and unraveling out of that? Um, I think it's different every time there isn't, there isn't one thing specifically, but what I have found nine times out of 10, the one like exercise, if you will, that I really encourage people to do is to take a 10 minute break at the break of their day. So like if they work eight to five or whatever, at the end of the break, when they get home before they do anything else, as hard as it is, take 10 minutes to just lay down. Mm. And that there is just something (laughs) so many of us are on the verge of a break anyway. And so there's just something so um, empowering about this ritual that seems impossible to do, especially if you're a mom and you're walking into a house with kids and demands and needs and pets and dinner and all of that stuff. But making that decision to do that for yourself. And I mean, maybe that's not when your break is, but taking this inconvenient 10 minute break, set a timer on your phone, if you fall asleep, whatever, it really just starts to set the stage for empowerment of this is impossible to eventually, I deserve this. I deserve this 10 minute break. And it's again, like the muscle building, it's just a little thing. And and when that starts to sink in and set in and it becomes easier, it usually takes like 15 to 22 days. I feel like of that 
pattern, then you become more ripe. And okay, so there's more to this than, you know, just taking an impossible break. And then I found that that really becomes the really beautiful part of, okay, now we're going to start opening up and working through things. Because if you can't even carve out 10 minutes, which I know somebody is like, oh my God, I can't, but you can't. It's just that we're so busy doing more for everybody and doing for everybody. But if you can't carve out 10 minutes to work on just stilling yourself and allowing yourself to process for 10 minutes a day, then you're just not ready to work through your stuff. And that that's, if you're not ready, that's okay. But that, that tends to be like the, the powerful like shift for um, the women I work with is the 10 minute, the 10 minute break. And 10 minutes is enough because I remember when I was on the verge of being ready (laughs) to do new things in my life. And someone said to me, we'll just do it for 10 minutes a day. And immediately I was like, that's not enough. Like I'm never going to write this whole thing in 10 minutes a day. That's dumb. Right. And what the fuck do you know? By the end of the week, I had a whole journal thing I was working on done. It was actually my first uh, journal freebie that I launched um, to support the women that were listening to the Just Realized podcast on my first launch day. And I literally did it just 10 minutes a day, every day for five days. And, you know, I fought it to death. (laughs) I was like, there's no way. (laughs) Uh, That's so amazing. Um, My relation, the relationship with time. One of my other favorite things is because I get this a lot, um, because it's exactly what you just said a second ago. Um, I'm a stylist and it has nothing to do with your clothes. Mm-hmm. It's mindset only. It's mindset only. It's mindset only. There's not a woman that I have come in contact with that loves her body fully and hasn't been impacted by everything you just said at all. Um and it, and we all have a different varying version of it. The clothes literally are just a byproduct of the work that we could, they're just the tool, right. That we can yeah. use. Um, but one of my favorite things is set a timer when you do something and see how long it actually takes you. And then that helps me get to the t- I, 10 minutes, right? Like, I, and I'm not perfect at this either. I, when you said that, I was like, another reminder, Katie, to take that break. <laughs> um, so like we, you mentioned pets and that caught my ear. Like we have a pet, of course, you know, I'm the one taking care of it. And it takes me less than five minutes to clean this guinea pig cage. But prior to that, me timing it, it literally was such a mental block for me. I would waste the whole day being pissed about having to take care of the guinea pig cage as just another thing I'm doing. There's another thing I have to do. And yes, and there's a, a whole nother conversation around boundaries and um, delegating and things like that. But the first step in that journey for me was, okay, you know what? Let me set a timer and see how long it actually takes me to do this. And I know that's just a really dumb example because it's a guinea pig cage, but that one exercise opened up how many other things am I him and Han about all day long that can actually benefit me that I actually really want to do that can take that don't take that long. And it has just like shifted my mindset on everything. So when you say 10 minutes, I'm like, 10 minutes is enough. You can literally settle down and like have an aha moment in those 10 minutes. If you give yourself permission. 
Absolutely. And I mean, 10 minutes is an insane amount of time. What you can accomplish with a 10 minute timer, I'm not talking about like if you're taking a break and resting, but like if you're actually doing something around the house, what you can accomplish in 10 minutes is insane. But it doesn't feel that way. You're like, I can't do that. I don't have all day. 10 minutes. It's amazing. And you're right. Like setting a timer and acknowledging the time that something takes instead of like the energy of just dreading it is so empowering. And also like, that, that dread, that reaction to dread things and to just think that things are bigger than they are is such a comfort zone Mm -hmm. that, um, and that's the other thing when I will say that with clients and my husband too, I'll be like, you just, you may hate how you're acting, but you're comfortable there. I'm not comfortable. This feels miserable. Right. But it's still where you're comfortable because it's just freaking scary to step out of that dread and imagine like dread feels comfortable because then we know what's going to happen and we're miserable and nothing's going to surprise us. And that's just BS because life is hard and stuff's still going to surprise you. So just do the stuff and find out why we're wasting negative energy on not doing this stuff. Yes. And of course, for me, my 10 minute timers to my ladies is not even 10 minutes. I usually get it down to five and I'm like five minutes and go in your closet <laughs> and look at what you like. Five minutes, put on that lipstick and that mascara. I promise you, (laughs) it takes less than five minutes. I'm like five minutes to invest whatever that version of that is, whether it's the clothes, the makeup, the lipstick, and you will reap those benefits through the whole entire day. Yeah, you're worth it, which is why I think that um, what you do and like trauma are so important because number one, the women who are like, I am not worth the time to wear makeup. I'm not worth the time to, you know, see a stylist or to actually care about what my personal style is or all of that. They're so busy buried under the disbelief in themselves from trauma. Right. And so it just, it's all tied together. And all of these little, these little things are what help you climb out. Each one is like a rung on a ladder. Like this will help you. This will help you. This will help you. This will help you. But it's terrifying to start doing it until you start doing it. And then you're like, Oh, Oh, I can, I can do this. I'm worth this. This is amazing. Look, I've done like five things and I feel great. And when I was going through that phase of life, I started taking all the classes, like dumb classes. Some little gift shop would be offering like, we're going to do this, whatever, learn how to tie a bow on a package class. And I'm like, 50 bucks here. I'm taking the class. Even though <laughs> I don't care. But I just was out there. Like I had learned and was learning so much about myself and loving myself and accepting myself and that I was worth investment and time and things. And so then I was just like, going crazy. Just I'll do it. You're going to offer me a webinar on something free, paid, whatever. I'll do it. I'll do all the stuff. And Mm -hmm. it really, I laugh at it now, but I mean, it really was such a free feeling after decades of feeling so buried underneath garbage to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm worth this and I'm enjoying it. And does any of it really matter? No, but it mattered to me in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I gave myself permission to feel good, whatever mm-hmm. that was. Yep. And I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'll constant, I'm sure I'll constantly be working on that. That's what I feel like my big work to be done is, is to let things be easy and let myself feel good. Cause I have the really ingrained belief that everything has to be hard. And like, I will only get things if I work really hard and people will only love me if I work really hard and all of that. Um, 
I'm going to have to bring you back on the podcast for a part two, because I would love to continue this conversation on self-worth. Um, that's a whole thing and it ties into so many pieces, but I want to get back to the book, Girls, Assassins, and Other Bad Ideas. What is your hope and dream for the woman that picks up this book? What do you want her to walk away with? Um, I want her to feel seen and valuable. Like that's, that's really, that's really it. I want her to feel seen and valuable and just one step further to be able to empathize with maybe things she didn't understand before, especially right now, the climate of the world right now, so many people are so quick to just judge and react at things they don't understand, they don't get. And it's not that their own experiences and opinions aren't valid, but there is something so insanely human and empowering about just being willing to empathize with someone you don't understand. And so those are those are the key things that I really want someone who reads my book to understand is that they are seen, they are valuable, and to empathize with experiences different than their own. Mm. That's really powerful. No, I have to ask just because I'm interested. So I think writing a book is amazing. Um, I have this secret little thing of like where it first popped up as like, I'm obsessed with copywriters. And then like, I'm obsessed with writers. And I was like, do I want to be a writer one day? And I don't know what that looks like. And I'm not saying that I will ever write a book, but there might be someone listening who's further in that journey than I am. And the thing that intrigues me when I envision writers and I love to read, um, I always envision you guys doing like these like crazy little rituals. Like I have to have my oil diffuser on the left side of me. It can only burn orange in this lavender and I have to have my creative focus music. And I like have to do all these knock on wood three times before I can write. <laughs> I just have to know did you have some kind of fun behind the scenes, like writing ritual that helped you get there to keep up? Cause to me, it feels like we're running a marathon and there's like, how do I stay motivated the whole time? It took me 11 years to write my book and every chapter is an essay. And when I finally, the 2020, when the world came to a halt and I was like, okay, seriously enough, we're going to get this book together and we are going to publish because this is ridiculous. Um, I had like the same flipping essays written 40 times, like the same topic 40 times. So I'd be like, Oh my God, I need to write about this. And I just, there was no haphazard anything. And so I just, I did do the diffuser. It's behind me to the right. <laughs> um, and I would usually light a candle just because I need the focus. And I felt like they're, especially writing at home, because before that I would go to coffee shops and stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, the world is on pause and I'm home forever. And so I had to just really reinvent myself as a writer. And in that I found, I write better with other people, Mm -hmm. not alone. And so I was like, okay, we're going to create a community of writers. Um, I need like something to symbolize. I'm starting work now. I started keeping track of my hours because there is something so invalidating about being a writer and people saying like, Oh, what do you do? I write, well, do you have books out? No. Oh, so you don't have a real job. Mm. And, and so I started keeping track of my hours. I got a little notebook and I would write down every day. Like not only did I work from this time to this time, but this is what I did in that time and just started evaluating. Like I don't have to get a paycheck every day for this to be a job. It's an investment in myself. It's an investment in my future. And those things 
really framed that, yes, this is an art and it's a passion and it's a creative endeavor, but also it's a job and it's work. And even if it's just paying in self-fulfillment and the possibility of someday, it's still a job. Mm-hmm. And I had to take that seriously and accept that about myself. And that really became the one mindset shift where I was like, okay, I really am going to do this. I'm, I'm doing this. And just went through everything, redid it, rewrote it, re everything with my little candle and my diffuser and my hourly, like today I wrote X amount of words or today I revised this and it, and then connecting with people. It, yeah, that was apparently that was all I was missing was the discipline, the hours and the connection with people. And it changed everything and the world coming to a screeching halt. So. <laughs> and a little better for your time. I love the um, keeping hours and it being a job. And even if it pays in just self-fulfillment, somebody needed to hear that today. Wow. Not just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so amazing. So morning or night? Are we a morning writer, night writer? Night. Night? Night. Yeah. Night. I am, I am most creative from like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., and so, which makes mornings a little tricky. And then like, I've been in the promotion process of the book. So I'm not really writing right now because I can't shift gears. And I still keep those hours and it's just really unproductive. I wish I could wake up in the morning and be like, let's go, let's do stuff. But I'm still, you know, falling into bed at 2am. So. Well, you're doing pretty good this morning because we're recording this at 9.30 a.m. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> Gold star for you, May. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, people are obsessed with you. They love you. They're ready to go get the book, Girls, Assassins, and Other Bad Ideas. It's going to come out. I'm launching this podcast on the launch day of the book. So tell everybody the launch day, where they can find it. How can they find you? They need more of you in their life. Yeah, um, it's out August 22nd, 2022. Um, and uh, which is a number pattern, eight, eight, yeah, which, yeah. yeah. Um, and I am pretty much on most social media platforms at Rainy Day and May. My website is rainydayandmay.com, super easy to understand. Um, Rainy Day and May because my name is Misty May and I'm not good at naming things, so there you go. I love it. And where can they get by the book? Everywhere the books are available. Everywhere. Yep. You can order it from your local bookstore, uh, Amazon, my website. Um, yeah. Everywhere. Barnes and Noble. This is so amazing. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your energy. And um, I say this all the time, but my podcast is so selfish. I just didn't even realize how much I needed this today. So I know that other people are listening and feeling that same energy. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I adore you. And I love connecting with you because you are the best. Same. We're going to do part two. I want to, I want to go deep into the self-worth, the self-trust and boundaries and all the other things that we were kind of touching on. Um, there's so much good stuff there. So I will get you back on soon. Thank you. Perfect.